It's the last week of the year and the fantasy football season for most of us. We get you set for championships and start looking ahead to the 2024 rookie class for you Dynasty DGens. Cheers. It's the IBT podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, December 26th, and we have made it. Fantasy Football Championship Week is here, and we'll certainly chat all about that tonight. My name is Seth Wilcock, and on the back of my guy, Brees Hall, I am here, I am cheery, and I'm in great spirits. I'm joined by my co-host, a man with big brain and bigger balls, the founder of Pros with Joes, the founder of Green Screens Media. He's Eric Romoff. Eric, how are we doing today, buddy? Man, doing uh doing better now that I'm inside and talking some fantasy football. We had a little uh little wildlife encounter before the show. So not trying to get sprayed by a skunk. I am trying to take down a couple fantasy championships. So can't wait to dive into this one. Let's go. Eric already took me down in the IBT Fantasy League, so congrats to you there. And uh, guys, we're also joined by another member of the IBT family tonight, the holder of the trademark Gooch Cheese, the self-proclaimed Slim Shady of the fantasy football industry. He's Hoove. How are we doing today, Nicholas Hoover? There's only one that's, there, I feel like there's the only one that's balling in a trailer park right now, and that's <laughs> your boy Hoove. So I'm Slim Shady. You sound the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just in my titty. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Hey, please stand up. Hey, please stand up. What's up, people? How you doing? All right. It's good to have you in, Hoove. We appreciate the high How energy. am I supposed to follow that? Like, come on, Hoove. Like, that, you did me dirty, man. <laughs> we should have went Jay. Yeah, we should have went Jay, Eric, Hoove. You finish your boys boy on it tonight. It's the tea, man. It's the tea. It's a great point. And guys, we're also joined by the presence of today's guest, a man who loves Betty White and Brian Dable more than most. Fantasy and betting analyst over there at the Athletic Fantasy Sports Advanced Charter for FTN Data. He's Jay Felicio. What's up, Jay? That is a very good description. Love loves Betty White and Brian Dable more than most. I might put that in my bio. I absolutely love that. I appreciate you guys having me on. I uh, still a little trying to recover. Uh, those of us with children know uh, the Christmas time is uh, is a little different with kids and wears you out. And I was telling you guys before, I was asleep by ten o'clock last night. I didn't see any of that last game. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to hang out with you guys and talk a little uh, fantasy football championship week. I'm glad to hear it. Jay, how are the leagues going for you? I somehow made the finals in half of my 12 leagues. Thanks to Brees. Thanks to Amari Cooper. How did you fare, my friend? 
Uh, so I made the finals in, I believe, three leagues, I want to okay. say. Okay. Uh, but the one that, that matters the most to me is uh, my home league, which I was lucky enough to make. And then I am also in um, a beer traders league. I got in with a couple of guys who okay. run it, uh, um, actually met through Twitter. Um, and oh, I'm sorry, that's that actually, I won a division. So I, I, I'm a, a champion in that league. I forgot it runs through okay. this week. So I did win at least one championship already. Yes, sir. There we go. What about you, Hoop? How are we doing in, in the streets right now? Not very good. But I got one. I got one. And that's okay. my family one. Okay. I made my family finals. Okay. And everything else, I got beat by Rachel, our homegirl Rachel. Okay, oh, fair uh, enough. Fair number enough. Number one seed in the Jerry. I think it's Jerry Rice. I'll say Jerry Rice, but number one seed, the Jerry Rice. So she's been balling all year. She beat me. She just knocked me out in our best friends dynasty league i want to say okay okay um, but yeah it's me versus my cousin chad in the finals of our family league and i've been talking smack to my dad all year so it came down it came down it came to fruition he didn't make it i'm gonna make it it's very similar to him being a chiefs fan and me being a 49ers fan i'm gonna make the super bowl <laughs> he's falling short it's just 2023 baby <laughs> eric what about you man i know you already have one victory on the season anymore within grasp yeah, I already got the uh, the dub in the inaugural IBT guillotine league. Uh, and then I've got two more home leagues that I'm still playing in. My uh, my league of record, the one that I care about the most, I took a tremendous loss to the hands of Amari Cooper and Brees Hall this last weekend. So it was one of those where it was over quickly and I could just move on with the rest <laughs> of my holiday, but it uh, it didn't sting any less. Please go quickly into that good night, my friend. And uh, guys, looks like we got some of the IBT family members riding along with us as well. Looks like we got Toronto Dave. What's up, Dave? Good to see you. Looks like we got Didi in the chat already. Uh, and then we got Wendy front and center as well. I'm hey, here with a fine group of people. Please stand up. Please stand up. Fair enough. Fair enough there. Uh, hello to you, TD. Thanks so much again for joining us. And Angie saying, sup, guys. Hi, Wendy. Fancy meeting you here. Uh, appreciate you, Andy. Angie, I don't think we've seen you in the chat before. So good to see some new faces. And uh, Toronto Dave saying, Seth, about to beat me in the finals of the lateral league. Yeah, our friend Herms hosts that league. And listen, I've kind of got lucky to get this far, I think. And it's a two-week final. So a lot can happen, Dave. A lot can happen. Uh... Yeah, the, the old uh, the old dreaded two-week final. So either way, you know, it's a pleasure to be playing with you, Dave, and uh, good luck to you this weekend. Uh, looks like we got my buddy Steele in the chat. Hi, Seth. What's up, Steele? Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing all right. He's up by that uh, by Erie Lake, so he's getting some of that lake effect weather right, right now. So hopefully you're doing all right up there, Steele. And we got uh, Wendy saying Angie is freaking awesome. Well, she's here at the IBT podcast, so I'm guessing she is awesome. And uh, speaking of awesome, how about Albert in the chat is already? Albert. Good evening, Steady IBT. Eddie. Good evening to you, Albert. We appreciate you, man. Um, guys, I just want to say thank you for all the support this season. We're continuing to set some record numbers over on the website. It's just insane. Every time I go over there and I look at our analytics, I'm blown away. And it's because of you guys liking videos, supporting us here on the YouTube, subscribing to the channel and heading over to the website inbetweenmedia.com. Thank you guys so much. And before we jump in, I do want to address just a couple things that happened in the fantasy football community over the weekend, kind of put some bad, bad vibes out there for me, my team, and just kind of everyone in general. And I kind of just wanted to address that. 
Um, as you, some of you guys know, Des Bryant, former Cowboys receiver, did kind of enter the industry over the summer. He was at the Fantasy Football Expo. Everyone was really excited about it. And he sent some pretty rude and misogynistic tweets over the weekend and making women in this community feel less than. And, you know, I'm not interested in condemning people. We all make mistakes. We know that forgiveness is part of it. And we, we have to show some forgiveness. But I also won't stand for disrespecting women of, of any type here. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a former NFL player, if you're, you know, just anybody. That's not fucking cool. Everyone deserves to talk sports, engage in this community. And as I kind of said in our Twitter statement, like, let's be the spark and not the extinguisher. Eric, you kind of know this better. Unfortunately, you were a part of the High Point Media Group that Des had put on. And I know you're really excited to be a part of that and uh, really intrigued with what he was doing. But uh, unfortunately, you, you did have to step away after, you know, the events over the weekend. Yeah, well, I, I chose to step away um, because I, you know, I, I don't want to be associated with um, with someone who is is clearly, you know, thinking of women and, and others in, in that sort of light, right? Like, the, the beauty of this space is that it is for everyone, right? Like inclusivity is is one of the founding tenets of the the fantasy football space in my mind. Yeah. So your your point, you know, rings perfectly true that everyone makes mistakes and that, you know, hopefully there's there's you know some lessons learned and some some good that can come of this. But for for me, when it comes to something like this, it's it's kind of a binary, right? Like you either view all people as equals or you don't. Um, so you know Hopefully with the, you know, with the backlash and the fallout, um, you know, some good changes can be implemented over there as a result of it. But, um, you know, based on what was said and subsequently doubled and tripled down on, um, it just, it seemed like there was, uh, you know, there was some some misalignment with the the things that I hold to be, um, you know, true and valuable in this space. So stepped away, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are hanging back that are trying to, you know, be the force of change and the force of good within that organization. I, I certainly hope that's the case, but, you know, for, for me, like everything that I, I've enjoyed about this space and want to see out of this space is in kind of direct contrast with statements like, um, you know, it's a man's game or you have to have your hand in the dirt or any right. of those tropes and dog whistles that were thrown out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I respect that decision, man. And, you know, I know it wasn't an easy one, but th that's why we love you over here. Cause you do hold your values true to yourself. So thank you for that, man. And, uh, just want everyone to know, like wh whoever you are, um, whether you're a part of any minority group, a woman, whatever, we're going to have your back here at IBT, man. Like, like that's what we are. We want to be here for everyone because this is a game for everybody. Um, I also just kind of wanted to quickly address a tweet that was out there today that kind of a buzzkill also like and it was kind of just felt like it was speaking in absolutes about content creators and what they should be doing. And like, listen, man, everyone in this space is different. We all have our own journeys. We have our own stories. And sometimes you don't know what goes into someone's story. And, you know, when we put tweets out there, like, let's just think about that a little bit more. Like, consider that when you say something like, hey, all fantasy football creators sh should not be working for free. Everyone's on a different level. Every company's on a different level as well. And, you know, instead of judging, let's just have a conversation with people. Let's get to know them. Let's hear these stories. Big or small, a lot goes into fantasy football content creation, how a company creates and handles its affairs, as long as it's not corrupt, like it's their business. Um, Jay, I know you've worked in, in a lot of companies from big to small in this industry. So 
anything you want to add on, on on just these situations in general and any insight? Because I know you have a lot of great, great insight over there, my friend. Yeah. Um. So I, I understand the, the idea of not working for free because, you know, everybody's time is valuable. Everybody's got skills Absolutely. that, you know, it, they deserve to be compensated for their time. Uh, depending on where you're looking to go, getting paid right off the bat might not be a viable option. You know, if, if you're looking to make it in this space, have no experience, there's a good chance you're not going to get paid right off the bat. Um, so I started out not getting paid for, you know, I was working with going for two and uh, Eric, you worked with going for two as well. Shout out. Um, yeah. Shout out. And you know, it was never, you know, it was never an expectation. It was never asked, you know, we what do we get like uh based on clicks or something like that for some ad revenue which was i mean like a thousand views i think you get a couple pennies or something like mm -hmm. that or it was mm -hmm. nothing nothing extensive but um you know the skills i i gained while being there um it, it really honed my writing my editing um my leadership skills and stuff like that i you know i that's just as valuable i know not everybody has the ability to put the time in um to be able to get those skills, but mm -hmm. same thing when I was with front yard fantasy, the first year or so didn't get paid, but you know, th that was the X, you know, I knew that going in. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, I wouldn't trade the, the skills and the life lessons for anything that I learned. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, I, I think that's the big thing, man. Like so many people in this industry are willing to share some of their expertise, some of their education. And that's the one big thing, I, I like just being transparent that I can offer a lot of our staff members here is, hey, I, I'm going to give you 110% of me. I, I'm going to help you as far as editing. I'm going to help you become a better writer. I'm going to help you produce some kick-ass shows. So, you know, that was just my thought on it. Who any final thoughts to add before we uh, bring the good vibes and, and get some fantasy football here? uh i love women so <laughs> i uh and i love and i love people getting paid but i love people working for it so i Hell love yeah. love oh yeah love that's, that's my statement i love I lamp. love i love <laughs> lamp i love women i love love i love kindness i don't like people talking out of their ass Yes. And we love Brees Hall as well. Let's, let's keep that in mind. Uh, looks like we got Didi saying why I love the IBT family. We appreciate you, mm -hmm. Didi. Uh, and Joey in the chat tonight. What's up, Joey? Good to see you. I said, I came for Jay Felicio, but I'm staying for Seth's mustache. Got a lot of mixed reviews on it. Went, you know, saw the family this weekend, uh, you know, got some mixed reviews on it. Who I think you call me Jeff Foxworthy a couple weeks ago. Uh, Are you smarter I, than a pitch? Yeah, yeah. I, I got a couple. I got a couple different. You know, Seth, not as good comps. There's one opinion that matters in the whole situation, and what yeah. does she think? Hey, she's about it. She's about some mustache. Then who ride, cares so. what anybody anybody else says? <laughs> That's all that matters. I, I heard a comedian once talk about like like whatever facial hair you have, you basically base it off of the four the four big comedians in the nineties. I forget who it was that talked about it, but it was like, you go with the stash, you're Foxworthy. You go with the, you go with the um, goatee, you're, um, you're later at the cable guy. And I forget what the other two were, but yeah, they're like this whole skit on it. It was funny. 
There That's we what go. made me think of it. We got Angie saying, "Haha, Joey, looking good or look, looking good, Seth. I, I feel like a little effort that could develop into a full on porn stash. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna keep rocking it. We're gonna see where it's gone. I've never really grew it out this far, so we're gonna see what happens. A little love for, from Dee Dee and Angie and Dave in the chat goes a long way, so I appreciate it, guys. Uh, and Joey also saying." If I never started working for free to get the experience, I would have never landed a full-time role. That's what it's about, man. And like seeing these experiences, like I met Joey a couple years ago at the fantasy football industry when he was kind of first getting into this. And just to see this guy's growth and this guy's glow up in this industry has been awesome. And like, that's what it's about. So like, let's not be gatekeepers. Let's just enjoy, embrace, have conversations with people because we're all in this together. And uh, speaking of all in together, guys, we do have some fancy football to talk about and some week 17 matchups to talk about. So let's do it here in match or excuse me, headline hijinks. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right, headline hijinks. So we're kind of taking a page out of last week's books. Uh, even though my predictions were god-awful, uh, god-awful last week, we're going to try this again. We're going to write New Year's headlines and Week 17 headlines written today. And Jay, I'm going to start with you, our, our fellow guest. What do you have for us? What do you see going down here in Week number 17? So we had to. We did go with a, uh, a New Year's theme. I don't know if you, you mentioned that or not while I was pulling up my notes. Yes. But let me see where I'm at. Ringing in the Nakua year. Yes, the wonderful Mr. Puka Nakua who helped me go to actually the championships that I'm in. I have him in every single one of those leagues. Nice. Shocker. Um, and he went for what, 168 yards last week? 64 yards last week. He only needs, let me pull up these notes, 129 receiving yards to break the rookie record set by Jamar Chase in 2021. Wow. I think he does it this year, uh, this week, excuse me, against my New York football giants who, um, you know, it's been a bit of a lost season with everything that's gone on. But, um, you know, the Rams are one of those teams. I know everybody's saying the Rams and the Bills are two teams that if they're able to sneak in the playoffs, watch out because they're not even at full health. Uh, I mean, Cooper Cup does not look right. He just out there, mm-hmm. you know, every time he gets up, mm-hmm. he it looks like he's kind of struggling. Uh, he doesn't look healthy, but yeah, Kyron Williams with Nakua Cup, Matthew Stafford looks like Stafford from a few years ago. I think that they're going to have a big game there. They can't afford to take the the their foot off the gas pedal. So they're they're going to, you know, no matter what the Giants offense does, they're going to put a lot of points up on the board and the Giants defense while it's been it's been a mixed bag. Uh, they've played better as of better, late. Better. You yeah, can yeah. still um, you know, there's there's some hope for the future, but they're still going to put up uh plenty of fantasy points and and I think Puka breaks the record this week. Eric, we've picked on this giant secondary a shit ton this season. Dory Jackson's been, you know, really, really the, the the guy in the in the crosshairs there. But Deontay Banks kind of came on a little bit last week. He was actually playing really well before he ended up getting injured. And then when when he went out of that game, AJ Brown started going off. So are you on Nakua this week? And I don't know if you have your rankings done yet for the week, but what range do you have him in? Yeah, Nakua is definitely going to be. Uh pretty high up in the wide receiver two range for me. Um, And a a lot of that has to do with the, with the analysis that you just offered, right? We've been, we've been going after (laughs) the turnstile of the giant secondary all season long. Uh, Shout out like perfect, perfectly spot on in terms of Deontay Banks. The, the thing that's problematic there. Yes. He's, you know, he played pretty well to start that game, 
but consistency, as I'm sure Jay can tell you, yeah. hasn't exactly been his strong suit, right? So he'll he'll show some flashes. He'll show why the Giants invested some some solid draft capital in him, and then all of a sudden he'll look like he's still got a long way to go, right? So I I think the you know the the stronger play is the exception as opposed to the rule, right? So we should see plenty of Nakua in a game that you know Matt Stafford and these boys like they're they're really looking to carry this momentum into the playoffs. So. That that should mean a ton of Pukunakua in Week 17. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Who? What do you have for us as far as Week 17 and New Year's headlines? All right, I got I got two of them, but I'll focus on one at the moment. I got a uh, B January. Let's do that one. Uh, <laughs> so B John Robinson, you just saw him last week. Uh, Arthur Smith's finally utilizing him as that RB one that we all been waiting for, and we know that Arthur Smith's playing for his job right now. You know, so I think that Bijan going back to back weeks, finishing off the season strong, going against the Bears, uh, Bears defense. Gimme, gimme. All right. I know they're playing a little better since they got Matas Sweat, but I think that I think that you've been, you've seen it throughout the year that there's been some running backs that have really popped off against this Bears defense. So I'm loving it. I'm all on Bijan. I've been in love with Bijan since day one before he was drafted. So we're going to ride it out at the end of the season. Be January. January. Any concerns for you, Jay, at all on Bijan? We're still seeing a shit ton of Tyler Algier, which is kind of a bummer, but we, we are kind of seeing the emergence here. I credit anyone who has Bijan in any leagues and is this far because I don't. Every league I took him early, I'm out of. Um, any Bijan for you left and any concerns this week, Jay? I do have some Bijan and I um okay. I acquired him midseason. So that was okay. kind of, so that helped out. I didn't have to deal Mark. with some of the struggles early on. Um, but uh, my only concern with Bijan is Arthur Smith, as we all know. Um <laughs> I don't just don't understand how this guy has a head coaching job. But um I am with Hoove. I think he's gonna and that's part of the reason why I traded for Bijan uh midseason is the, the matchups in the fantasy playoffs are just fantastic. So even if he's not getting the workload that he should, if he's just, you know, lately Arthur Smith has been giving a little more work. He's still a little mm -hmm. too friendly with Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, but Bijan's the type of guy in these type good matchup. It, it, he can take one of the house every single time. Um, but so here's the real kicker. All right. Cause you got, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but here's the real kicker. You're talking about Arthur Smith. The fact that it's the fantasy championships for most people is when he's going to do it. He's not going to do it during the playoffs. He's going to do it during the championships. Like, haha, I could have done this the whole year, you suckers, but you're all sitting at home watching people win just of me. Or That's the opposite. Or the opposite. He could also give them like three carries and say, yes, headache. <laughs> uh, he already got, we, he did get I hope not because I need him. I need him. Yeah. But uh, I, now nah, I'm with you. I'm going I'm against him in a couple of leagues, so I'm, I'm kind of rooting against this to hap happen, but I feel like you're on the right track, gentlemen. Eric, I'll throw it over to you. What is your headline here for week number 17 and the new year? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll double down on, on Bijan. Um, specifically, his role as a receiver is going to play a huge part in, in what he does this week in fantasy. The Bears are tough against the run, but they are hemorrhaging yards, receiving yards out of the backfield, so... He, he pretty much has that uh, that receiving back role locked up. Like him to, to continue on the hot streak uh, in, in week 17, as well as the player who is the subject of my headline, the young and the restless. Last week, our guy Bryce Young, he uh, he got the he was the benefactor of the Joe Barry matchup against the <laughs> the the uh, the, the Packers up there. there. 
And he he looked like a solid NFL quarterback, kind of out of nowhere, right? He he put up his his best performance of the year, 312 yards passing, almost nine yards per 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 catch that he that he gave out there. He had the he had the two passing touchdowns, but better yet, like he was getting through his progressions. He was he was very much so throwing the ball into tight windows and with anticipation. Like he showed a lot of the promise that you know made him the number one overall pick. And this week he steps right back into a beautiful matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are tied for third most passing yards per game allowed in the league. So I actually like Bryce Young to to get up over 300 yards again this week, which will put him over 3,000 yards on the rookie season. So all of this should not only um, you know, be fun to watch as a storyline in week 17. But for anyone who is uh, hanging on to Bryce Young shares in, in Dynasty, should make them feel a little bit better heading into the offseason. Yeah, fair enough. And Eric, hats off to you. You did call a, a pretty good game for him last week. You were excited about Jonathan Mingo. It didn't come fruition from Mingo, but DJ Chark, <laughs> DJ t- Chark offense. took all the vote. Yeah. DJ Chark, do 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 um all right i will take it over here and i'm gonna take a shot here at one of jay's guys so i apologize but my headline for week number 17 written today saquon shits the bed before the ball drops and i know you're starting saquon like you're automatically going to start him he's rb9 on points per game basis so don't downgrade him where he's out of your lineup but i just think we need to have reasonable expectations for whatever reason, the way the Rams are playing, how dynamic this offense has been, they're getting ahead and it's hurting the running backs on opposing teams. Right now, they're the, the toughest matchup for opposing running backs over the past four weeks. That's really what I'm paying attention to. I, I don't pay attention to as much like fantasy points uh, against the position for the season at this point. It's more the last month. What have you done for me lately? And allowing 3.6 yards per carry and just one receiving touchdown to running backs in that time, no rushing touchdown. That's been against running backs like Alvin Kamara last week, uh, the Washington backfield without Brian Robinson, so not the best there. But then we saw Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt limited, and then the Baltimore running backs had a pretty bad week against them as well. So you're starting him, but there's only been one running back to go over 75 rushing yards. That was CMC in week number two. So just value him a little bit differently. We It's a quarterback carousel. I don't think we have confirmation who's going to be the starter, whether it's going to be Tommy Cutlets or whether it's going to be uh, Tyrod Taylor out there. But either way, maximize the upside around him. I have him on a team, and I'm trying to make other start-sit decisions to realize, hey, I might get 9 to 11 points here from Saquon Barkley. So that's my thought on your guy, Saquon Barkley, Jay. Are you as hesitant or reluctant to put him in your lineup as I am this week? No, I think everything you said is completely valid. The one thing I'll say that works in Saquon's favor is the lack of receiving options yeah. for the Giants. So, you know, when they get in that catch-up mode, he's going to be just as involved in the passing game as any of the receivers. You know, we did get Darren Waller back uh, at tight end, but he really hasn't done, done much uh, since he's been back. I think it's going to be Taylor. I hope it's Taylor. I go back and forth. I I think the best chance for them to win, which I don't want them to, is is yeah. Taylor. But, you know, Tommy Cutlets isn't the future of the Giants. He, it was Lynn Sanity for 2023 in I the know. NFL. So, I mean, it was a fun story. It was never realistic for him to be the long-term option. So, um, I think it, whoever starts at quarterback really doesn't matter because Saquon is the focal point. He gets so much volume. Um, even, you know, if he doesn't get it many yards per carry, he's going to get – 
what? Let me see. 23 carries last week. Is that what it is? He yeah, had 20 six targets. Yeah, it's six 23 targets carries the week before. He only had nine carries, but then 20, 12, 14, 13, 16. So he's getting 15 plus carries. He's getting the targets. And if they get in the end zone, excuse me, in the red zone, he's going to have a good chance of scoring as well. So I think you're right. I think that the ceiling is capped, but I think the floor is decently high mm-hmm. where, you know, you're, you're probably looking at at least double digits. And if he's able to get in the end zone, you know, a pretty a decent day. All right. All right. Hoove, I'm coming back to you, man. What's your other headline here for week number 17? All right. I'm going to need you to explain this one because you're going to break it down a lot better than I can because you know this team better than I do. But New Year, new Metcalf. New Year, new, year, new me. Y'all see it. You go, people go on the timeline, New Year, new me. I'm going to break that habit. But this is. <laughs> they it. never do. They never they do. They never do. Let's see All if right. that you from something works, does it? No, it doesn't. I don't know what you that was. You cancel that yeah, gym that membership by March, and we all know it. All right. Or even if you don't, you yeah, stop you going, you just continue it. to pay for it. Yeah. Through like- <laughs> That's right. So, no year, new, no new year, new me, new year, new Metcalf. So, we got. DK Metcalf and the Seahawks going against Seth Pittsburgh Steelers. I know he's converting to being a Jets fan a little bit, but he's got some homage to the Pittsburgh do. Steelers. All right. So he could break it down why that linebacking core is just mid. Why that cornerback <laughs> crew is just mid. You know, Joey Porter's a dog, but mid overall. And then you got Minka Fitzpatrick, who's out this week or questionable to be out. Yeah. So I think DK Metcalf capitalize on that and eats up all over Pittsburgh's beat. Well, let's just say we got Patrick Peterson playing safety right now. Like that should tell you everything you need to know. He actually played really good safety last week. He had an interception, like hats off to to Pat P for throwing it back a little bit, but like, that's just kind of the status in Pittsburgh right now. Levi Wallace a little bit better last week, but I mean, you saw T Higgins, what he did to this team. He's kind of a, a similar profile to DK Metcalf, big play wide receiver. So I'm expecting some big plays from DK Metcalf. I'm here with you. And for as much as I love Joey Porter, he he has a tendency to get burned and he has a tendency to give up the PI. So if it's not a long touchdown to Metcalf, it's going to be a uh, pass interference. They're going to get it on the one. Maybe it's a tush push. Maybe it's uh, Kenneth Walker up the gut. Eric, I know you're very big into the cornerback wide receiver matchup uh, realm. A- any hesitancy on DK Metcalf or is it green thumbs all the way around for you as well? I mean, to an extent, right? He'll he'll see the most of Joey Porter Jr. out of anyone else in that secondary. Um, but as did T. Higgins last week, right? Like, you know, Joey Porter Jr. is not at a point where he's shadowing yet. Even when someone shadows, it's usually like 55, 60, 65 percent yeah. of routes, right? So in in the in the routes that he's running, not in his coverage, he'll see Levi Wallace, who is the one uh, who gave up that that huge play to, to T. Higgins last week, right? So. And and even even when he is being covered by by Joey Porter Jr., there are certain guys that are just athletic freaks of nature that you know at minimum uh, a good a good corner is kind of like a neutral matchup for them. DK Metcalf is certainly one of those players, right? So there there might be might be kind of a, a spiky sort of uh, sort of week seventeen for him where it feels like he's not doing much for a while, and then all of a sudden he'll get you know three of the next four passes going his way. So. Could uh could be for a you know could could set up for a bit of a sweat uh, in in this game against against the Stillers, but ultimately I, I think DK is going to have a solid week. 
All right. All right. I need it. I need it. I got him in the championship in my home league as well. Uh, $1,200 on the line. I don't even care about the money. I was texting my brother. I beat him last week. I was like, I just want to win this fucking league. I've been playing in this league. Uh, the the variation of it now since 2016 it's really what got me like really really back into fantasy i just want to win this so bad so hopefully dk metcalf takes me to the promised land new year new metcalf i'll round us out here in headline hijinks with my second headline i'm going back to the t swift references because she's so damn catchy the last great american dynasty returns for real this time Listen, I, I called for the Chiefs explosion game last week. I thought that was going to be it against the Raiders. I don't know what the hell happened. It was disjointed. I couldn't believe what I was watching. The offensive line got banged up. I felt like as soon as a couple more linemen went down, it was no good. But at the end of the day, if this Chiefs team can't beat up on a Bengals team that just let Mason Rudolph torch them left and right, then we have some real concerns. Uh, so I rolled into a Permani Brothers for the first time in years last week. I live in Eastern PA now, so I'm surrounded by Eagles fans. I roll in there. All the Lurs fans are there. They got Bushlight on tap. I'm having a damn good time. And I just get to watch my boy George Pickens, the Lurs, go to work against the Bengals. And right now, this is a team top five matchup for tight ends and wide receivers over the past month, top six against quarterbacks over the past month, and still allowing 4.7 yards per carry. That's the second highest clip to running backs right now as well, Jay. Are you expecting the Kansas City explosion, or is this just not that Chiefs team and we're never going to see it even against this uh, cake matchup uh, against the Bengals? Um, I do think it's going to be more towards the normal. I don't think it's going to be the Chiefs that we've seen the past couple of years because as much as I hate to say it, sorry, T-Swift, but your boyfriend's lost a step or two. No. He's, uh, <laughs> he's just not – I don't think he's ever gotten fully healthy from the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, he's getting up there in age, and he said before he's uh, – during this season, he said that he's been contemplating retirement for a while now because he just he's battled so many injuries. Um, and without teams don't have to put as much coverage on him as they have in years past. Mm-hmm. Who else do they have to worry about? I, I like Rasheed Rice a lot in this um in the future, but they can, you know, get guys a little more towards him. That's it. Like there's nobody else on this team that you have to worry mm-hmm. about. Jarek McKinnon's not gonna be there. Um Pacheco probably isn't going to play. So you're looking at CEH who like, yeah, he had a good game this week, but um, I do, you know, the, the matchup is great. I think that there's going to be multiple, somewhat of a vintage Mahomes game where you're going to see multiple touchdowns close to 300 yards, but I don't think you're going to have that out of the, you know, game winning fantasy matchup breaking type of performance that we've seen in years past from Mahomes. Okay. All right. Uh, do we have a birthday here? Sven in the chat saying happy uh, no. birthday, buddy. No, we're birthday buddies. We're born oh, on the same day. Okay. Actually, we oh. found out we're born on the same day within like a few hours of each other. We're both were born on Long Island. We literally found out the hospitals that we were born, um, born in were like literally within a 10 mile radius of each other. Wait, so, are you telling us that you and Sven were actually swapped at birth? Yes. <laughs> Is this what happened here? Actually, have you seen us both in the same room in the past two years? No, no, I have not actually. You were not at the expo this year, so no, I know, I know. So yeah, Ooh. but yeah, that's my birthday, buddy. Okay, I love it. DD saying in the chat that was a sad game. I was disappointed in Kansas City this weekend. I was with you, DD. Very disappointing to see it. Uh, and saying I hope Kansas City pulls it back together. 
Yeah, it looks like we got two cooks in the chat. Didi's a great cook, and then we got uh, our uh, chef Sven there as well. So good to have some. I'll tell you what, I can't eat anymore. I ate way too much fucking food this weekend. I felt like shit waking up today. I don't know how you guys feel. Jay, you got a year or two on me. Eric, you got a year or two on Hoove and I. Were you guys feeling as shitty as I was? Like Christmas on a Monday, not as fun. Not as fun. Especially since um, you know, I was up the night before putting together things and helping Santa get ready and, you know, and the kids wake up bright and early and it's uh yeah. So on top of that, also not much sleep. So yeah, I, that's why I was asleep at 10 o'clock yesterday. <laughs> Eric, same for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, uh, Santa's little helpers is an army that stretches across the, uh, across the world. So a lot of, a uh, lot of late Christmas Eve nights that are immediately greeted by kids waking up two, three, four hours after that. So Christmas Day, have, I mean, it's it's a ton of fun, but it's always a slog. Right. Do you guys have like a deadline where you say, hey, you can't wake up before X amount of time? Because <laughs> my parents would always say, if you wake up before eight, every hour or every hour you wake up before, you lose one present. Is there any roles or do you just, your kids are kind of uh, young, so you probably just go with it, huh? Do, do, you, do you think that either of us are in any sense of control of our households? No, <laughs> like, not at all. It's we, Lord of the Flies. Me, like, we, we, yeah. absolutely, we absolutely set those guidelines, right? Like, remember, if if the sun's not coming through your window, you might scare away Santa. Like, you got to stay in your room. Actually, and they're like, at like 3.50 in the morning, they're like, I snuck down the hallway and I didn't scare anybody away. Yep, yep. It's fun. It, Eric and I are actually just having this conversation the other day on the phone. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't happen. My son is up at 5.30 no matter what I try. And and the problem is is you can only do so much because, um, you know, he's he, he'll be 5 January 4th. And Okay. Yeah, Ooh. there's, there's no sense of control, so. I do not think I could get up at 5.30 anytime soon. So uh, I, I, I appreciate you guys. Who Any kids on the way for you yet? Or, or are we still, you and I still kicking it uh, kidless for a couple of years now yet? I think my face says it all. <laughs> Put it this way. I um, Christmas Eve, I was gifted a Apple Watch. And I did the whole sleep thing to see how many hours I yeah. slept and all that. I got 18 minutes of deep sleep. So let's put it that way. Eighteen not, minutes. That's not bad. I, I wasn't proud. Like, I was like double digit minutes. Like I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell! Well, I appreciate you guys. Let's move forward in the show so we can get you guys to bed and get you a little sleep tonight. Let's answer the people's questions in from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here in between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right. I got to shout out the Fantasy Football Advice Network for powering this segment and our Fantasy Football Mailbag article each and every week during the regular season. And these guys are a blast. They're a great group of gentlemen who are putting together a platform that if you need fantasy football advice, well, hey, go to fantasyfootballadvice.com. It's that easy. It combines other platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, you name it. And, you know, I don't have space for those apps. I don't have time to scroll those apps. But when I want to get advice, when I want to quickly give other people in this community advice, I go over to the, the Fantasy Football Advice Network and I give it to them. It's free to join. I highly, highly recommend it. They got leagues classified, league classifieds. I was watching a show earlier and I was in, in the chat over on the, the CBS stream and someone was like, 
hey, I have no competitive leagues. I'm tired of playing in public league. And I was like, well, go over to the Fantasy Football Advice Network and, and log in, create an account, and then you can actually see classifieds, join some leagues over there. So fantasyfootballadvice.com, the Fantasy Football Advice Network. We appreciate them sponsoring this segment. And if you guys have any any questions for week number 17 and we can, how we can help you, put that in the chat. We'll bring up a couple questions from the forum. Except Toronto, Dave. Do not do not put any questions in about our matchup, buddy, because I'm going to give you some bad advice. I'll, I'll promise you that. Shoot me um, a DM, Dave. I got you. <laughs> don't do it, Jay. Don't do it. Um, here's a question from our guy, Jay Z Mudio over there at the Fantasy Football Advice Network. What's your favorite defense slash special teams for championship weeks? The Rams, Raiders, or Chiefs? Jay, any thoughts on this? Like, these are all defenses. Like, I think they all have their warts a little bit. Like, Kansas City, great at getting pressure, but they seem to give up a lot of points. And same with the Rams. Like, like the Rams get no turnovers. Uh, they're not very high in sack rate, but, you know, they're still a solid DST. And the Raiders have just been hot as hell lately. Can you get away from them and go with one of these other defenses? It's really tough. I don't like playing... Uh, defenses that are kind of borderline when they're on the road. And you get that situation of both the Rams and the Raiders, the Rams mm-hmm. at the Giants, mm-hmm. Raiders at the Colts with, you know, Minshew is kind of gone down. You know, he's, he's definitely a roller coaster and he's been more towards the, the valleys and the hills here recently. I do think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And even though as a whole, the team hasn't been that great, the defense has been one of the strong points in this team. And the Bengals, they might be without Jamar Chase still. They after this loss that they took to the Raiders, they are going to be one pissed off team. Um, I would not want to be the Bengals going into <laughs> yes. Arrowhead. So the tiebreaker for me, I you know I like all the matchups between the three. I think the Chiefs are the best defense in real life out of the three, and they're at home, so that's kind of the tiebreaker for me. Hoove, any thoughts for you here? We've seen the the defensive line kind of come alive for the Rams lately. Kobe Turner, Byron Young have more sacks than Aaron Donald this season, six each. Um, but still, bottom three in takeaways, as we kind of said. I think the Chiefs, as Jay said, is probably the, the best, safest matchup here. Or are you shooting for, for sky high with one of these other players? Uh, frankly, I think that um, my dad's actually a Chiefs fan, so I'll break it down from that. We just talked about the Chiefs Raiders game. So, like, even as him as a Chiefs fan, he told me that Chris Jones doesn't show doesn't shed a light to the talent that Max Crosby is. And I was like, really? That's crazy for you to, for you to admit that. So I understand the Raiders are a hot team right now, but I think the process by elimination, I think I'm just going to eliminate the Raiders and then the Chiefs. Like you pointed out, that it's going to come down to the defense if they're going to want to overcome these offensive struggles. Like the wide receivers, besides Rasheed Rice, aren't standing out. Me personally, I'm a CEH believer, baby. I think that the experience is going to come <laughs> in. I think that that Pacheco, while he's been banged up, that I think that he's really going to ride on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like we're seeing 31 year old JD, uh, JC or JD not being able to do much right now. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like, he's being able to make some plays, you know, in uh, Pacheco's absence, you know. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if the Chiefs' defense put on a show, you know, this next week and allowed Patrick Mahomes to not have as much pressure on his back, you know, to make a few plays and not not stress it too much. I think that that's, I think that's a focal point of the Chiefs right now is that they're all, they're all too fucking stressed. 
You know, they all need to relax. They the focus needs to get back on football because they're playing messy. And once they stop playing messy, I really do think that this team could make a make a push still in the playoffs. Okay. So I'll all go right. with the Chiefs. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with Jay. Eric, any digression from you? The Raiders are now the DST four on the season after scoring 57 points the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh it's gonna be real hard to replicate. Uh, what they did over these last two weeks, if you you know spread that out over the course of the season uh, and kind of normalize for that, they're they're much more middle of the pack. Um, I tend to agree that Max Crosby is an absolute monster, and Gardner Minshew uh, has kind of that gunslinger mentality. So there could be some turnovers there, but really for me, I I, I think the most talented defense of the slot is the Chiefs. They they do have the benefit of playing at home, and also they they apply pressure at a at a pretty good rate. The eighth most pressure applied. Um, on on the season, right? So you think about a guy in Jake Browning who um, you know kind of came back to earth. Hazel insanity ride uh, sort of ended last season. Showed that you know he's he's willing to press the ball down the field, but into some tighter windows windows than he probably should. And if we're if we're thinking about Jamar Chase likely missing this game, which is the current projection, that's going to leave Legarius Sneed to just put the clamps on T Higgins, right? So I, I think it's going to be a long day at Arrowhead for. Uh, for Browning and for the Bengals offense. So I'll I'll go with the Chiefs of this group. Okay. I think the Chiefs are the safe bet, but if you want a, a team with some upside, I, I think the Rams really could. They could beat the Chiefs. I think the Raiders are, are the lowest out of the three, but the Rams, in my opinion, they could be a sneaky team this week. You know they're going to get the sacks against the Giants offensive line. Justin Pugh got <laughs> right. hurt. Uh, yep. and, you know, they started to – solidify somewhat when we signed Justin Pugh off the couch. And I'm not sure if he's going to miss the game or not, but whether it's Tyrod, whether it's um, Tommy Cutlets, you're would not be surprised to see some turnovers. And yes. I, those can turn to touchdowns. I'm with you there. And uh, if you need a defense and none of these are available, maybe look at Buffalo 49ers Browns. I think those are the consensus top three right now. I know Buffalo's still out there in a lot of leagues, so if you can go after them, that's probably who I'd recommend against the Patriots. Um, we got Dave in the chat saying, don't tempt me now. Mm. What players does Seth hate the most? I'll see if I can start them. Start since Seth will be out on Friday, so you can check that out, Dave, and I'll have my uh, players that I'd sit, and you go ahead and fire them up against me, and I'm sure they'll go off just to, just to spite me, just like Zay Flowers did on Monday night. So uh, here's one from our guy, Sven. If Keenan Allen is back, is he a must start for you, Jay? Easton hockey stick has looked mediocre. And his other option is your guy, Puka Nakua. Kind of hard to get away from Puka in a, in a matchup you love for uh, Easton stick here against Denver, Patrick Sertain and the boys. Yeah, I'm I'm starting Puka here, and I love Keenan. I think he is, um, you know, especially if Justin Herbert was there, he's, he's in one of those guys that if he's starting, he's playing. Um, Easton stick, you know, he, he looked a lot better this past mm-hmm. week against Buffalo, you know, not starting on a short week, you know, getting thrown in there. Um, but a lot of it, he was, he was running the ball. He, they had some design runs for, uh, for him and he was getting some, some cheap production off of that. He ran in a touchdown passing. Wasn't quite there. I don't know what his stats were. Let me pull it up real quick. I like the Easton hockey stick though. That's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty that good. Gr- no passing touchdowns. He threw for 215 yards on 33 attempts. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still starting Puka. I think I wouldn't. I'd be fine getting Keenan in my lineup if there's another place, you know, mm-hmm. a flex, another option that potentially could get benched. But there's no way that I'm going to bench Keenan Allen for Puka. 
Any digression from you, Eric? Because I'm in lockstep with Jay. Excuse me. Start Peanut Allen over Puka. Okay. As a yep. bench. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with the, the two of you, right? Uh, we've we've already sung Puka's pra- praises earlier in the show. Um, I mean, look, Keenan Allen is, you know, probably in like the flex conversation if he returns, but, uh, you know, Puka Nakua this week is is going to be a good 10 dozen spots higher than him uh, when when we, we come around to ranking Keenan Allen, right? So given those choices, it's, it's certainly Puka. Okay, Sven saying his other wide receivers are Ceedee Lamb and Amon Ra in that league. Yeah. So either Puka or Keen is my one decision Sven to make. Sven just wants to brag about his roster. Yeah, oh, you got a good team, Sven. We get it. Every <laughs> listener of this show or member of our staff <laughs> has these dynamite teams, and I'm just like, I should not be in charge of this company because these people have way better teams than me. I'll tell you that right now. So like, yeah, I also got Christian McCaffrey. And, you know. <laughs> He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Jalen Hurts on this one for sure. <laughs> Um, well, guys, let's go ahead. Let's round out the show. Let's talk a little college football, a little dynasty now. Let's uh, round it out here with In the Scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. In the Scope is usually our waivers a week early segment. Hey, we only got one week left, at least hopefully. I hope no one's playing. I, I don't. I don't actually. I haven't heard anyone playing in Week 18. Do any of you guys have any Week 18 matchups? No. Okay. No. 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 I think people kind of like learned their lesson a couple years ago. You know what I mean? They're like, I don't want to play into Week 18. If you do, if that's your jam, good. Good on you, and I hope you have fun with it. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about college and and talk about some incoming rookies and. It's very interesting in these bowl games because a lot of them, we're not going to see a lot of these NFL draft prospects. A lot of them are going to opt out of the game, especially after what happened to Jake Butt from Michigan a couple of years ago, getting very, very injured in one of these bowl games that didn't mean a lot. Um, so we're going to be talking about some of these players who could move up or down our incoming dynasty rankings. And Eric, Shame. let's go over to you, man. Who are you watching as we head down the stretch in the college football bowl season? Yeah, so check out my super deep, highfalutin dynasty pick because I'm crazy college football guy. I'm like Jay. Uh, no, actually, I'm uh, I'm probably closer to Jay's end of the spectrum. But the player that I'm going to be watching is Xavier Restrepo, the uh, the dynamic slot wide receiver for the Miami Hurricanes. They're playing in uh, in in Yankee Stadium in the Pinstripe Bowl against Rutgers this week. Um, you're right that it's a it's a relatively short list of kind of premier pro prospects that are playing in their bowl games as has become tradition. But Restrepo's one that's super interesting. He's right on the cusp of a thousand yards this year. He's got five receiving touchdowns. And one of the things I like is he hasn't declared yet. So I, I kind of get the sense that he's probably going to see if he helps his draft stock in this game. And if it helps it enough, then make the declaration after the game. So expect him to be fully motivated and really trying to showcase what he can do. He's kind of an interesting prospect. He's, He's 5'10", he lines up in the slot a ton, but he's almost 200 pounds. Like, he's kind of a bowling ball out there. And even still, he's projected to run in the low 4'4". So he's got good straight line speed. He's real quick off of the line. He can create separation around the line of scrimmage. But also, he can run under deep balls and really, really pull in some, you know, some splashy home run type plays. So he's realistically probably more of like a day two or day three guy if he does go to the draft this year. But he's one of those guys that, is super reliable. He can be a safety blanket for for a young quarterback. He does a lot of things well in terms of his role on special teams, his ability to block, just like the things that 
are going to get him playing time if he gets drafted as a day two or day three option. So a little bit more of a deeper dart throw for sure, but a guy that I think is going to be highly motivated. And if he plays well, could maybe sneak in as like a third or fourth round rookie pick when we get to April. He's a junior, right? He's a senior. Yeah, he's a senior. He's a senior. But yeah, he's got, he's got one go year back. left. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got the one year of eligibility, at, and I think he will probably go to the draft. Like I don't know why you're coming back to play at Miami. Like we we saw kind of what this program's about when they when they blew that that lead when they could have just taken some knees. Like mm-hmm. I, I I'm with you there, Eric. I I think this is a really interesting prospect, and he's one of those players. Every time you watch him, he pops, and I feel like the quarterback does pretty well when targeting him. Uh, 101.6 rating when being targeted, which is pretty good for for Miami quarterbacks here. So um, I'm interested in it. I can get behind it. Um, I'm about it. Hoove, I know you have a little bit of a higher profile receiver that you're going to be watching here in the college football playoffs more specifically. I don't even think he's he's like a high profile. I think he's kind of a dart throw too. Like, um, like for him like that we just talked about, uh, pull the name up one more time. Yeah. For, for Xavier, like that kind of the same vibe, like this is a, it's a very stacked wide receiver draft class. And if he has stacked that one year well, eligibility, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back like this player that I have, he was a top name and he decided that he was going to go back one more year and really prove his stock. So my guy is uh, Jermaine Burton wide receiver out of Alabama I think that in the Rose Bowl, then the playoffs, that he's going to be very, very crucial in trying to beat Michigan. Is we all know how Michigan plays? They play dirty. They want to punch you in the mouth. They want to run it right up the gun, and they want to they want to play a tough, tough game in the trenches. But if Alabama wants to to beat them, then uh, Jalen Milrow is going to have to really kind of make explosive plays. And I think that Jermaine Burton, like he's obviously the number one option there. He has to go up against. Uh, in practice, I always talk about this with Ohio State uh, wide receivers. The reason why they're so good is they have to go up against some of the best corners in the league, and then they have to do doubles. So I guarantee that Jermaine Burton going up against Kool-Aid McKinstry in practice is just making him a better receiver. You know, And he yeah. probably would have went in the second round last year or third round, but he stayed, built a stock. So if if they want to beat Michigan and and they're not able to make those explosive plays, Michigan's got this game. But if you make J.J. McCarthy try to be explosive, he's not that guy. He's he's a game manager, and he's a game manager that makes the team better. But that's he's the key, is that Jermaine Burton's the key to trying to beat Michigan. So if they're going to win, he's the guy I want to take a shot on. Burton's the one explosive wide receiver on this team. Tommy Reese has run a very run-heavy offense, something we haven't seen in Alabama for a while under the last couple seasons with Bill O'Brien back in the fold. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And, you know, it's been an up-and-down season for Alabama. They benched the quarterback earlier this season. Now he's back and, you know, he's come on really strong. So I'm excited to see what we can see out of Burton here down the stretch. Right now, he's about in that wide receiver 12 to 15 range, I think, for most dynasty analysts. So hopefully he can move up the draft boards. And if not, uh, maybe he does come back for one more. But um, here we got – I'm going to go with Jay – oh, go ahead, Dave. Oh, Milrow is going to have to play a perfect game like he did in November and because Michigan plays perfect football. You know, that any any mistakes that Milrow makes, that's, that's done. You know, so – it's going to take a lot to beat Michigan. So I see you, Sven. I'm not I'm yeah. not saying that it's not going to happen. I think Michigan wins this game. But I'm saying that the best 
likelihood of trying to beat Michigan is running through him. So, okay. Yes. Well, I'm going to stay in that game. You mentioned him. I'm going to go JJ McCarthy. This is a guy that I can't just put, I can't put my finger on him right now. I've tried to watch the tape and like, there's some really good from this guy. He was a four-star recruit from Illinois. He's led Michigan to back-to-back perfect regular seasons. That, that means something. He's got the moxie. He's got the command of the offense. Dude has a cannon completing 74% of his passes this season. More than anything though, I love the pocket presence. He keeps his eyes downfield, and he's got some wheels as well. Probably going to run somewhere between about a four-four-five and a four-six. However, in these big games, like McCarthy's not that guy against Penn State. My Penn State Nittany Lions. He threw eight fucking passes for sixty yards, like seven for eight for sixty yards. He's efficient. Ohio State, kind of same deal. Sixteen for twenty, went for one hundred and forty-eight and one. What does he do against a great defense in Alabama? Jay, I don't know how much you've dug into this rookie class yet, but how do you feel about J.J. McCarthy? And I I think a a run here in the college football playoffs could really boost not only his fantasy stock, but his NFL draft stock as well, maybe push him into the the, the top 10 of this this class here. Yeah, um, so although I don't keep up with college football as much as many, I have been paying attention to the quarterback position because there's a chance that the Giants wind up drafting (laughs) a successor to Daniel Dimes Esquire. Um, From what I've seen from (laughs) J.J. McCarthy, I do like him. I think that he is – I just got my bedtime reminder from my watch. Um, Yeah, like you said, what he's done the past – Yeah, exactly. Um, what I've seen from him, you know, these past two years, he's put up some monster numbers and he's that prototypical quarterback that, you know, scouts love to see in the NFL. So I, um, I definitely think he can be in one of the first couple of quarterbacks off the board. I don't think he's going to be in that talk with the, you know, the Drake Mays and the, mm-hmm. the Caleb Williams and stuff like that. But I think he could be that guy that gets taken in the second and the third rounds and winds up, you know on a better team and potentially starting uh, put up better numbers earlier. All right. I love it, man. If well, McCarthy Eric- doesn't go in the top 20, I will be shocked. I, I'm a big JJ McCarthy guy, but I just don't know. That's why I'm, I'm really intrigued to see him because like, I like him too, but I mean, when you're playing against the best teams and he's thrown eight or 20 times, like that's where I'm concerned. So can he air it out here against Alabama? I, I doubt it. Like, I don't think he's going to throw more than 25 times because not how Michigan's rolling, but Hey, m- maybe Jermaine Burton hits a couple big plays for Bama and they need to come back here. A- Eric, I'll throw just, over to you. A- any thoughts on this quarterback or any, cause I know we're going to see a lot of these quarterbacks. We're, we're going to see uh Washington be out there. They have a high profile quarterback and Michael Penix jr. As well. So, I think him and JJ are really pay- playing for a lot here. Yeah, he, he definitely has a ton on the line, right? Um, in in terms of where it actually lands him, I mean, that's that's a huge question. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up on like a similar path to to a Will Levis, where I knew you know, he slips fu- a little yep. bit, yep. and he he goes early in the second. Um, you know, I, I mean, McCarthy's arm talent is, for my money, a pretty good distance uh, ahead of and better than that of Will Levis. And what I like about him most, like you, you mentioned, he can do some stuff with his legs, and he, he he absolutely can. But as he's using his legs and as he's buying time, he's still keeping his eye his his eye downfield, right? Like he is mm-hmm. he is moving mm-hmm. to buy time so he can throw, right? He's he's not one of these mobile college guys that gets a little bit of pressure, pulls the ripcord, and you know takes whatever he can with yeah. his legs. Like he's he's really he's utilizing his legs in a way that is not dissimilar to some of the better mobile quarterbacks in the NFL game. So. I think that will shine through on his tape and during the scouting process. 
and ultimately help boost up his his draft capital. I love it. What do you got, Hoof? Round Can us I out. make a bet? Can I make a bet? Because everyone's talking about how Drake May is probably going to get closer to Caleb Williams, and he's probably going to raise his stock. But I'm going to bet that it's Jaden Daniels that gets closer to Caleb Williams and that J.J. McCarthy gets a lot closer to Drake May than people want to say. Because J.J. McCarthy, when you, when you look at a guy like Brock Purdy right now, that's, that's the game manager that's like that makes comp. his team that's better. That's yeah. Yep. Is you can't look at him and say that the Broncos – Yes, they're gonna. Yes, they could cut Russell Wilson, and I think it's thirty-eight million or something over the next two years. It doesn't matter on when they cut him; they're still gonna have to owe that dead money because they already paid him that. So, I don't know how you can look at the draft board and be like, if the if the Broncos draft at seventeen and JJ McCarthy's still sitting there, there's no way he's not gonna go there. I guarantee. Calling his shot, the kid's I, calling his shot. He there's no him. way. He called Bijan to the Falcons. Can he get it right here with JJ McCarthy? Uh, I think it's Jim Harbaugh and JJ and with the Raiders, and he'll probably go in. The, he could go in the top ten. He could go in the top fifteen if the Raiders trade back and draft JJ McCarthy, pair him up with Jim Harbaugh. That's the way. That's the way you beat the Raiders. That's the way you beat the Chiefs on a regular basis. But what do I know? What do you know? He hasn't thought about this at all, as you can tell. It's brand <laughs> brand new to the Hoove brain. Um, Hoove, Eric, I appreciate you guys joining us and, as always, supporting us over here at IBT. We got a lot of great content for you here on the YouTube channel. Easiest way to support us is subscribe, like this video, come back, hang out with us again, and check out the website, inbetweenmedia.com. Our personal handles are all down there as well. Eric, I know you have Green Screens Media uh, as well. We, we've talked a lot about this this season. It's your college basketball fix. Uh, you still cashing the Green Screens over there? Oh yeah, yeah. the uh, The slates have gotten a little weird as we've as we've gone through the holidays, right? Not quite as large, yeah. Therefore, not as big of uh, contests available. But they're starting to ramp up as soon as this weekend. So we'll be back on Thursday night to break down. What looks to be a pretty solid Friday slate. Hell yeah. And Jay, please tell us, man, where we can find you, where we can find all your work and uh, not just for this year, but into 2024 as well, our friend. Yeah. So the best way you can find my work is finding me on Twitter slash X, whatever you call it at G men J I'm currently writing for the athletic. Um, I've did a mock mock draft series this off season. Uh, not sure if I'm going to be doing that again, but I, I, plan on and hope to be working with them again in the off season and in the upcoming season. Um, you can check out my author page author page over there. Let me see what it is. I think it's the athletic.com forward slash author forward slash J dash Felicio. And I have all my work there. I'm still doing some betting previews some college football previews. My fantasy stuff is done over there for the year. And then, um, Check out, you know, the if you want to see my work with FTN, go to the website and all the amazing tools that we have. We got some free stuff available. Um, you know, subscribers get a little extra, but we have a, a an amazing team, Mike, uh, led by Mike Tallis and Frank Brank. That you know, we have people going as soon as the games are over. We're, we're charting these games. Um, it's not, you know, it's not something that we take lightly. We put a lot of work into it, so you're getting, um, getting a lot of effort and a lot of, you know. You're not just getting somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. It's you're, you're in there. We're grinding every single day. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to go and grind some more of the games and, and get into some charting. And um, Hell yeah. you know, you're, you're getting the real deal when you're going to FTM. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we appreciate all the work you're doing over there, FTN and the Athletic Fantasy Sports. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining us. Thank you to the IBT family for checking us out tonight. Didi, Dave, Sven, Angie, everyone who's been in the chat tonight. Albert, thank you guys so much. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, Hoof, should we take him out on a song? Do we want to sing a song to go out? What do you think? Oh, what do we want to do? I was thinking Country Roads. Take me home. home. Country road. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I West Virginia. Virginia. Mountain, Mountain Mamas. Mama. Take me home. home. Country, Country Rose. All right, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between. Enjoy the Jets game on Thursday, too. Thanks. Bye.